Hey guys, Mark here from Bonsai Southeast. Evan and I got to sit down with Gilbert from Little Jade Bonsai. We discussed the momentum that the species has been gaining lately and treating Portulacaria more like bonsai than looking down on them like a succulent. We also touched on some subjects like variegated jade, cork bark, lilliput, fertilizing, and a few different techniques. Check it out. Oh yeah, Mike Lane. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. from Florida. Um, yeah, he's an excellent shohin artist. He uh, he uses a lot of tropicals and stuff, so it's gonna you know be more related to to Florida and whatnot. Uh, but really, what we're gonna uh, we're gonna just talk about just a little bit more leisurely. I mean, it doesn't have to be real serious, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, since you're you're making an influence on uh, bonsai culture right now, especially with the the Southeast range for the uh, Portrait of Carias, we definitely wanted to talk to you because. Uh, you know, it's a pretty popular species, and we just wanted to see your take on them. I mean, you've given a lot of insight on the species as far as their care and how to style them and, and how to deal with them as far as, you know, like all these things that that people have been kind of, it's like misconceptions of like take a cutting and wait for it to dry out. And then you're over yeah. here taking the cutting and watering it right away, which works better yeah. for you. So, uh but before we get too technical about the those kind of details, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit, man, so people can know who you are. Because I, I feel like you're an underrated uh, bonsai artist right now. Oh, man. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, yeah. My name is Gilbert Cantu, and um, I'm actually an artist and a graphic designer. Um, I was an artist before I was a di- designer. Uh, I went to the Art Institute of Houston. Uh, my degree is in graphic design. Um, I got married after after we moved back from Houston, and wife got pregnant right away. And while we're kind of sitting around waiting for the baby, um, you know, we went into Target, and that was back when Target had like plants. They actually had like a plant section. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> and uh, I saw I saw a little juniper, and I'm like, you know what? We had just seen the Karate Kid, and I'm like, I want to get one. And, you know, I always wanted one, and. And of course, man, I got the bug. Like I started, you know, researching and um, found out that we had a club here. I joined the club. I mean, I started buying like species that didn't even grow here. I didn't, I didn't know anything about them. I just like, you know, yeah. I started buying on eBay, and um, and I, I had my whole little apartment balcony was just like loaded with, you know, all kinds of trees. Uh, I bought a jade. Uh, for Lucaria off of eBay and um, and I had all my all these other species the long story short I killed all of them except for the poor Lucaria so I'm like okay if I can keep this one alive then you know then then maybe that's maybe I'm onto something <laughs> and, and right around the, this time uh, I believe Jim Smith from Florida uh, I saw an article where he was selling all of his trees and I don't know if he had retired or, you know, I saw all his, all his huge poor Lucarias and I'm like, man. And then I started reading up about him and his history and, and I'm like, okay, when I'm older, I want to be Jim Smith. I want to, I want to yeah. be him, you know? <laughs> and, uh, so, I, I mean, it was just after that, I'm like, okay, let me just, let me just focus on the species. And that was 19 years ago. Oh, wow. So, 
so I've been, you know, after that, like I said, joined the club, our local club, and uh, which club would that be? The Corpus Christi Bonsai Society. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, and it's actually been around for quite a bit, and there's some, you know, some really uh, long-term members. We had a, you know, our, our unofficial club sensei, Yvonne um, Padilla. Um, you know, I learned a lot from her, and of course, a lot of the people in the club, they're all into the, you know, they all want the big trees, right? They want, you know, to have, you know, the huge, huge trees. And, you know, here I am in my little, my little balcony, and I'm like, I can't even, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta start small <laughs> because I don't have a lot of room. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then, so yeah, after that, I just, you know, I just focused on the poor Lacarias and, um yeah it was just all kind of downhill from there yeah and uh it i mean if you even look back on your instagram feed because i think that's where a lot of the attention is coming from i'm guessing is just taking really good photography of your little trees and you said like you're a graphic designer so um that marketing i guess is more what it more or less what it's become has made it successful for you right you know it it really has and like i said it kind of goes back to me being an artist and, you know, I mean, I, I'm not a photographer, but, you know, I have a really good camera with a good lens. And um, so it was just more of just sharing my love for for these little trees. And then that turned into it just kind of grew from there. Um, my my inbox just started getting flooded with people asking questions and then, you know, answering questions. And then it was like, you really need a YouTube channel. And I'm like, ah, you know, I just. I'm not a I'm not a great public speaker, you know, but I I kind of get so excited when I start talking about these little trees and um and uh, you know <laughs> it just kind of I kind of got forced into it so you know yeah. and then it turned into I mean little Jay Bonsai and and um, I mean it's really just it's just it's just me and my my trees you know I mean I don't you know have a I guess I I. I in the back of my mind, it would be cool to open up like a real small little nursery, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I thought about it, but, you know, I, I, I work from home, you know, I have all my trees on, you know, my backyard and and they're just on the side of my house. And, I have, yeah. you know, I have quite a bit. And so it's like, man, I could totally just turn my whole backyard into, you know, <laughs> uh, so, into a, a good growing space. And I'm guessing that. The balcony is no longer a thing, so I'm assuming right. you've upgraded. Yeah, we, some <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. No, we yeah we bought a house 15 years ago, and um, and uh, yeah, it's it's cool. I, I love it, um, you know, because I have plenty of room. But the problem is we have a, a pretty busy road right behind my backyard, so mm. it's it's kind of hard to shoot video out there, you know, because yeah. uh, it's just it's cars are racing and that, that kind of stuff, but. Um, but yeah, it's kind of it's 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 crazy how it's how it's taken off and uh, and uh, but I I mean I don't know man it's it's I have a love for these trees and um and sharing sharing knowledge is pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, do you find that working with your your bonsai is starting to kind of become a little bit more like re- your regular job versus your bonsai work? Is it is it kind of easy to juggle that around? Because it looks like you're getting a lot a lot of stuff done. Or at least, you know, from social media, your 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 feed is always something fresh, and you're always keeping up to date with things. But yeah, you know, it, it's 
it's it's it's really tough because like i said i'm i am an artist i do have art commissions and i mean i'm a painter um you know aside from my my owning my design business you know i do have you know the art commissions and stuff but my my trees are kind of you know i'm stuck in this little this little room uh, all day and you know mm. it's cool that i am working from home because i get to go out and um you know, water them and trim them. And, um, it's a balance. So it's a, I mean, I feel like I'm in an awesome place right now because, oh. you know, I get to work from home, design, work on my trees. And I don't know, it's, it's COVID really, it, it, I mean, I was always working on my trees, but because I started working from home, I mean, it just really fueled, you know, my desire to, yeah, just do do more with it, and then of course start my my YouTube channel and um and all that. That's and you keep mentioning about doing the painting and stuff. I mean, uh, you, what kind of painting are you doing? So you're doing big commissions, like are you doing? Yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm a I I mean I I love portraits. I mean, I mean you can kind of see here. There's me back there. Okay, awesome. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah. So. so <laughs> Um, I am, so which is kind of what that says. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I do a lot of a lot of portraits. I, I mean, I paint realism, uh, hyper realism. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's I have a balance of everything, and I think that's what's so you know it's important, right? Because if you just if you do one thing, if I like, I never wanted to be a full time artist, and I could probably survive and do well with that, but. You know, then when you're forced to create, then it it, it kind of loses its magic, you know? Yeah. Um, so does I, yeah. I feel like maybe the bone side could help you find that kind of balance a little bit because now you're you said since COVID you've been working exclusively exclusively from home now. So but my sister and I used to have a side business doing murals. Oh, okay. You'd be surprised yeah. how many people want bonsai trees, like really whimsical bonsai trees and like their kids' nursery and you have yeah. like the little flower petals falling out so that, yeah. there's a there's a market for yeah, it there's a market for it man. <laughs> yeah yeah i actually i do paint a lot of murals one of my design clients is a is a it's called freedom fitness it's a gym here um and i do all their every time they open up a new gym i do all the daycare you know the walls and it's kind of whimsical and i always put trees in there a lot of trees <laughs> it's, it's always <laughs> sneak them in they're like sneak them in there. You're like, they're like, you're the bonsai guy. You, you know what he's going to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, people actually, uh, I don't know what I want. Just what, what you think? I was like, how about a bonsai tree, a big, a, you know, cover the whole wall with it. You're like, okay. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't make any sense. You're supposed to be small, but yeah. okay. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> so the, the name uh, Little Jade Boneside, does is, is that come from somewhere or anything? Or is that just because your first little bonsai tree that was a jade survived i mean is well, there any you know i mean you you can you know poor lacari afro is kind of a long name and it's like well you know i mean they're jade it's not a true jade but it's a little jade so it was yeah. just like i was just trying to find something that was you know kind of catchy and that kind yeah. of goes along with what it is but yeah i mean that's all i i mean i have a few ficus um a willy ficus trees and uh but it's i mean like 99.9 percent .9 all poor lacaria okay so uh we and people have uh kind of i've heard people talk about how many trees you actually have say that like 
because people come in my nursery and everyone else will be like, oh, did you see how many trees Gilbert actually has? It's insane. And they're, how many do you think you have on account? Uh, well, Shoheen, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we, oh man, before, you know, we had that big, huge Arctic crazy freeze. Um, I'm sure y'all kind of experienced it, right? It was like in, was it in February or? It's the topic of all of our podcast episodes, basically. I ask everyone that I talked to in the Southeast Range, I was like, so, how was that winter storm? Terrible? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah. We a few things. Um, I, I, I lost 297 trees. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was it was pretty devastating. Um, you know, I, I always, you know, I bring all my, my older trees and my more refined trees into the garage. But man, we just didn't have room for all of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I usually, I mean, I do fine when I cover them. You know, I'll cover them with blankets. And I mean, we've had, you know, it's snowed in the past and it, they've been covered in snow and I take them off and they're great. Um, mm. I screwed up big time because what this time, uh, I I usually, since I had so many, I mean, I, I probably, I, maybe 400, you know, over 400 trees, um, 450 maybe, I don't know. Um, I had so many of them and I'm like, golly, we had just brought them in for, cause they got real, they got close to freezing and we brought them out and I said, I'm just, I can't, it, it takes me an hour just to bring, just to bring half of them in. So, so let me just, I'll cover them, but, but I screwed up because I usually in the wintertime, I'll put my trees under my tables on the ground and, mm. you know, under on the side of the house and, and, uh, and then I'll cover them down there. I left them on the tables and I covered them on the tables, but oh, so, no. so the cold came up from the bottom yeah. and I mean, oh God, I was, I literally like, I literally cried cause it, it was oh, crazy. Yeah. And um, we, we don't want to dwell on it too much. We don't want to <laughs> make it <laughs> <Yeah>. sad again, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, you still have, uh, like you said, a lot of your older ones. So uh, we've, we've seen a lot of your, uh, you call it the Godfather. Is that the name yeah. of the tree? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that tree has a history, so that that is the original tree, right? Yes, and and it's crazy because the majority of all my trees came from uh, the uh, maybe 75% came from that tree, cuttings from that tree. Um, yeah, and it's doing great, and it's funny because I'm like I'm very careful with it, and it's like such a tree. It never gets any bugs, or I mean, it's just it's always so healthy, and I don't know. I think it knows that it's like the king of my trees the boss um, <laughs> but it was 16 year 16 years old when i bought it off ebay um and i, I paid 55 dollars for it and um mm. it was from a seller in florida and uh and so yeah i've been working on it for 19 years so what is that 35 years yeah. old somewhere around there and it's uh it's definitely got a word that i learned from uh from another guy just recently a uh, mochi kome which is like mm-hmm. old feel of bonsai, and yeah. it's it's not common that you see that in a Portugal carrier like that. It's it's a really nice tree, and I like your your progression through it because at first you're like, wait, that doesn't even look close to what it originally looked like. Yeah. Uh, and so that tree, uh, do you have like uh, an idea of how big the base would have started out to, and where you got to it now? I mean, it was probably the, the whole tree was maybe maybe like um, seven inches somewhere around there tall when i got it and it was you know the it actually had taper on it um when mm. i got it and that's when I, I i liked about it because it was 
it was a cork bark and it, it you could tell that there was a big cut that they had um, that was on the main part of the trunk and so it had some taper to it and I'm like I've never seen one like that and I mean that's why I bought it uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and of course now it's I mean I'd say it's I don't know maybe 16 15 inches tall Almost uh, but it's high. Yeah, but but it's it's um, of course I've always kept it in a bonsai pot, so you know it could have if I really wanted to develop it quicker I could have put it in a bigger container and I mean it would have been huge by now but um, but yeah it's always been in a pot in a bonsai pot. And from my understanding, staying in a bonsai pot with a portulacaria that that encourages the roots, especially when they're laid flat and you're in a much shallower tray type container not so much your traditional uh like a four inch uh type classical pot instead you're more like a three quarter inch depth if you have them in that and that's that's what i'm experienced with them is that that shallower that container the more the roots begin to swell and you get a thicker looking nabari which in turn gives you a, a much sharper taper appearance yeah well you it's crazy because they i mean you know like a, a the crassula the jade i mean those those don't have nabari um <laughs> But the poor lucarias, I mean, if you, I mean, every single tree that I've seen, even if I have it as a cutting, I stick it in a pot, um, you can just pull it up and right below the surface, I mean, it always seems to swell. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the roots kind of go out. And um, so, yeah, it's, sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they, uh, I mean, dude, they're just, to me, they're the ultimate species um, for bonsai. I mean, there's so many, it's crazy. I'm actually doing a top 10 video on why you should yeah. why you should grow poor lucaria um but there's there's so many i mean there's so many awesome things about them you know you can you can uh you know you go out of town for a month and you leave your trees and you don't have to have someone water them. um you know you can develop them insanely quick by fertilizing the hell out of them um you keep them in really good draining soil and you know partial sun to full sun uh water them every day especially if it's hot like it is here i mean man i could you could develop them so quickly i mean five years five years is is like the perfect amount of time to turn a stick into something that's actually pretty nice Um, yeah and you have the proof too and uh from your your progressions are really great and that's something that i think that you've brought to like the instagram because i mean instagram's kind of it's it is a really uh, traffic trafficked uh, social media platform at the time, and there's not a lot of people that are showing that transition. Like I think, when did you start that page? And I, I know there's a period when it wasn't just about Portugal Caria. When did yeah. it start? Uh, as far as the um, date, you know, I would say I don't know, man. Maybe like seven years ago six seven years ago um i mean it was just and it wasn't even little jade bonsai it was just five it was gilbert Cantu. Mm-hmm. um and um i mean I, i've always uh, back when i first got started and i joined the club like i said it was like early 2000s um there was a website called bonsai talk um and it was a it was a i mean you know it was a forum and everybody was posting trees and that's kind of where people would show Oh, this was a tree two years ago, and this is how it looks now. And there was a guy on there that said, always take pictures of your trees so you can always go back and reference them. And we're all so, terrible about that. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, so I, I mean, so back then, I mean, when I had my, when I had my, the Godfather tree, I mean, I was taking, and it was with film, you know, I was taking pictures with, I mean, I always took pictures of it. And then that's kind of when I started really, okay, let me just, let me do that. And then it kind of paid off because I mean, I take pictures of all my trees and oh. uh, um, I have them in, I mean, I have them in folders on my computer and, um, and, you know, I probably have about 30 trees that I have um, uh, progression shots of that I still have now. And, um, and so I'm using those for like YouTube, you know, the videos and stuff. And yeah, uh, but, I mean, when you have enough back history on your trees like that, it's yeah, it's very easy to catalog that kind of stuff. And yeah, you should definitely get your, your you have your YouTube uh, channel up and running. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I hadn't checked in a while, uh, and so is it just Little Jade Bonsai is going to be the the name of it? Yeah, that's 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 what it is. Um, it's Little Jade Bonsai. Um, I have, I think I have right now like um, six thousand subscribers. Oh, and so it's yeah. doing it's doing really good. <laughs> wow, and I mean, I mean, how many subscribers or uh, followers are you on Instagram right now? You're like a twenty twenty one k. That's pretty good. That's pretty good for someone who's doing bonsai. Especially, I mean, and I, I think it's just because of also Portugal is such a heavily interested tree as far as potted plant cultures really gone up since COVID. So yeah. people are really capitalizing on like trees you can keep indoors and, and it, quite frankly, it's the only tree that I would say like keep inside your home for a limited amount of time. I always try to stress like except especially at what you're saying with your success of getting to grow so fast. It really yeah. is an outdoor species. No, but you it is. You want. If you right. really want to keep it in, it's not going to thrive. This episode of Bonsai Southeast was brought to you by Underhill Bonsai, Louisiana's premier bonsai nursery, where we sell everything you could ever need for bonsai and distribute it to the Southeast range. We have everything as far as tools, wire, soil, fertilizers, pottery, and bonsai as far as pre-bonsai, more developed pieces, and even specimen bonsai. If you want to see what we have, you can check out our website at underhillbonsai.com, and it will link you to our web store, which is underhillbonsaistore.com. We also have a YouTube channel where you can watch our past third Thursday programs and let's get back to the conversation um. no exactly it, it can survive um, yeah but it's they really just thrive outside and so people you know I get people that ask that it's like well it's it's probably too cold here I'm like well is it below freezing and they go no it's like in the 50s I'm like they're they're fine outside as long as it's above freezing uh, they're fine you know yeah. and so we can definitely uh, begin to dispel the, the the old wives' tale type thing about these trees. Um, so I mean, they're not they're not a cactus by right. any means. They're they're actually a full size tree. And uh, I mean, I talk about them a lot um, because people come in asking that same question of, well, don't, wouldn't you uh, wouldn't you like not water this? Like, why are you guys watering y'all's uh, portrait carries so much? And like you said earlier, just treat them like a tropical plant. Yeah, and that's yeah. the best course of action for them. You know, um, and and then your uh, your pruning technique on it was that something that you figured out just from going to the bonsai club or? Well, there was back again back when I got started. You know, I asked a lot of questions um, on that forum, and I was given so much wrong information. And there, you know, it was more towards a crassula, you know, and it's like, oh no, you don't, you don't, you know, you don't water them as much. And I remember. 
I had I had my my main tree, and uh, I had asked like, oh, you know, oh, the, you know, some of the I had it like two, three leaves that turned yellow and dropped, and then they said, oh, you know, you're watering too much. You need to not water so much. Like let it dry out, and I start letting it dry out. The leaves start wrinkling up. They start dropping more leaves, and I'm like, oh, crap, what the hell am I doing wrong? And then they said. No, still let it dry out. You're watering too much, and I'm like, this is this is crap. This is right. It's on a different spot. <laughs> the tree needs water, so I'm like, you know what? I'm just screw that. I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I think is right, and I watered it, and yeah, it plumped up, and I'm like, son of a bitch. These guys aren't, you know, they're telling me wrong information, and and so after that, I'm like, okay, no more googling, no more asking anybody. I'm just gonna basically lock myself in a room outside with these trees, <laughs> and I'm gonna and I'm gonna figure them out myself. You know, I'm gonna do experiments. I'm gonna see how much fertilizer they like. I'm gonna see how much water they like. What kind of soil, dude? I ran all kinds of like I, I figured it out, you mm -hmm. know, and I made notes of everything. And um, and it's crazy because they are more like tropicals, you know. They mm -hmm. love water. Um, they respond well to water. You know, a lot, of, and it's crazy because there's a lot of information out there, and I still see it now. I mean, I'm part of a couple of uh, of uh, Facebook groups, and it's just insane how much yeah advice okay. that people are giving that's wrong info. And I'm just shaking my head. I'm like, I'm not even gonna say anything, and I don't want to tell people that they're wrong. You know, it's like if someone asks me for advice, I, I'm gonna tell them this is what I do. You know, I'm not going to say this is the right way to do it because there's so many different ways of doing the same thing. But climate plays an issue, soil, lighting. I mean, you know, there's so many factors that go into it. But I have a formula of, of, of things that I do um, that my trees thrive from. And so that seems to be the case with uh, almost every species. Everybody's like, oh, let it dry out. Let it. They always like against water. Yeah. yeah. That, when I used to kill trees, it was because I'd listen to people that say, "Oh, you're watering your trees too much." Yeah. When I was like, you know what? I I got my timer set to three times a day, and everything's fine. Even. Yeah. yeah everything, even like junipers and pine, yeah. like well, the black pines are gonna be a little bit different. But that's ask, not how, how do you get so many <laughs> flowers on your bougainvillea? Like, why are they so lush and full of flowers? I'm like, oh, a lot of water. And fertilizer. And a lot of and fertilizer. And the right type of fertilizer. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I yeah. thought they like to be dry out. Mm -hmm. so that don't mean they like it. They can tolerate it. Yeah. And that's just like the port. And that's the biggest fear. Is it like doesn't mean it likes to be. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 being scared of overwatering because everybody everybody gets into bonsai assuming like, okay, how often do I have to water this thing? That's like the first question I get. When someone picks up a tree and they're like, what do I have to do? And I'm like, water at least once a day. You know, it doesn't have to be every single day. It depends on if the tree needs it. Yeah. Uh, if you have a if you have a free draining bonsai soil mm -hmm. mix, it's going to more than likely be every day. You know, if we're running a lot of organics, then you need to just kind of gauge that. And then that fear of overwatering, that's where it kicks in. And I think where that overwatering thing also comes from is probably people going to uh, like like your garden center or wherever and just picking up a plant that's just yeah. in pine bark, and they're like. Mm -hmm. They, they, you don't have to water that tree like it's in bonsai oh, they, soil. You know, they, uh, a lot of the care sheets are for when it's in the ground. Yeah. Oh. They try to, that's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anything. 
Yeah, how to uh, water for the first week and never water again. And the placement you know I mean? is also about if it was in the ground too, which is even yeah. more silly. So they going off those care sheets when you know it's in a little bitty pot. And when you buy a Portugal carrier from Lowe's or Home Depot or wherever you might find it, it's in a hanging basket. And mm-hmm. that's from what we've seen. They're in hanging baskets and they're stringy and they're coming out the sides and they're like well, those are portalacas. Portalaca? Is that a different? Is it's, that a different it's, variation? It's related. It's a different variation. Okay. That, that's the ones that drew them. Well, my but there is portalacarias in hanging baskets. I have seen them. Yeah. Well, the ones at the nursery now are so stringy and so long from being allowed to grow out, they could be in a hanging basket and get away with it. Like, you wouldn't even think yeah, it yeah. twice if you saw that in a garden center. But Another yeah. great thing about the species, there's so many styles you can use them for. Yeah. I saw that when you had uh, the root over rock. Mm, yes, yeah. Cascade root, man, that thing was that, nice. Yeah, that's insane, man. That's that's yeah. re- excellent technique. Looks really good. Thanks. Yeah, it, it, it came out it came out good, Nick. It was kind of an accident, really. Um, but, but well, yeah, let's hear I mean, that story. <laughs> well, I, I actually I had it. Um, you know, we get these crazy fronts that blow in, and they blow in right from behind our house, and so you know the wind over here is just is always insane. So I had I think I had taken pictures of one of that one before I had it um, as a root of a rock. It was in a container. It fallen over. It hit the the table and and it came out of the pot so it always looked kind of awkward because it had these weird long roots and anyway so I, I had put it back in and i'm like you know what i'm just it, the roots look healthy i'm gonna put it in and it didn't seem too stressed and i'm like i think i'm gonna defoliate it and i don't know what the hell i was thinking so i defoliated the tree and it fell again and i'm like oh my god and then i'm looking at it, i'm like this would make a good root over rock and i've never done that and i've always wanted to try one also get weight yeah yeah weight the tree down a little bit (laughs) yeah so it was like the tree was already probably stressed because it'd fallen out of the pot twice and um and i had defoliated it and i'm like i'm gonna try it you know i had this rock and so i i had that uh plastic wrap and um so i wrapped it and then I put it in a container and the roots, it had some really good uh, um, little feeder roots. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to see if it takes. And if it does, it doesn't, but if not, it's the tree is always kind of weird anyway. Um, and yeah, it's been, that thing butted out right away and, and uh, it grew pretty good. I mean, it grew fast. And um, that's actually the last video I posted on YouTube, uh, okay. which is, which is that tree. But yeah. Everybody uh, check out Gilbert's uh, YouTube channel, please, because I need to go look at it. I'm <laughs> a little behind on your uh, on your work right now, apparently. <laughs> Every now and then, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm working late, but yeah, yeah, and I want I want to go back and check them all out, start from the beginning and work my way yeah, through. Yeah, catalog it. So, uh, <laughs> so I heard you. I mentioned you. I heard you mention uh, defoliation on Portulacaria, and mm-hmm. so that's that's interesting. In a fact that that's probably something that not a lot of people hear. Um, I defoliated my first Portugalaria uh, yesterday to see what would happen because I've never done that before, and I've heard a lot of people talk about it. And Mark showed me a picture the other day of one that had been defoliated, and it looked like a deciduous tree. Yeah, it was gorgeous, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah. okay, maybe this means something. So uh, when you defoliate, so for the listeners, kind of tell them like what the purpose of that would be and what it, what happens afterwards for Portugalarias. Yeah, it's 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 pretty crazy because I had um, I did a video on on uh, on defoliation and then I had so many people messaging me I defoliated my tree but I'm like and I said in the video you don't, 
not every tree needs to be defoliated. You know, it's, it's I don't defoliate every tree I have. You know, it's it's only you know what you're doing is you're removing every every leaf on the tree. And the reason I do it uh, is because sometimes I'm the trees can become really dense with growth. I mean, you know, if you trim it, it divides. I mean, they can get really dense pretty quick and kind of get crazy. So what happens is you have all your new growth on the outside and then of course all your inner growth in the inside starts dropping, right? Because it's out of the sunlight where the leaves get real big. And so you just, you know, sometimes you just need to restyle the tree or, or especially if you want to wire a tree, it's kind of hard to wire because if you're going to wire with, you know, a full set of leaves, you're going to start dropping leaves anyway. So it makes it easy to, to, to wire a tree, but sometimes you have older leaves on a tree you know, may, you know, maybe bugs or something kind of got to it, and, and you can kind of tell because the older leaves are they're a little darker, they're kind of spotty, and they're big. Um, so you want to refresh if you want to refresh a tree, and only a tree that's healthy. I mean, because if you have a tree that's already weak, you're just going to stress it out even more. So if a tree's rapidly growing and it's like you're ready to restyle it, you know, you definitely don't want to defoliate and uh, repot at the same time. So usually whenever I buy a, a plant from a nursery, whenever I do, you know, I make sure of course it's healthy. And then if it's healthy, then what I'll do is, okay, let me defoliate it, cut off branches that I don't want, kind of, you know, some of the bigger ones and kind of do a rough styling while it's still healthy in the original container. So the roots, right? If it's growing and it's full, it has a full set of leaves and it's healthy, so when you cut everything off, you know, all that energy is still, it's still thinking that it has all these leaves, so it's going to push out. Uh, but what I do is uh, right when, right after I defoliate, I mean, I'll apply a ton of Osmocote um, all around the soil. I mean, like a lot of it. And then I'll water it in with liquid miracle Grow. So yeah. then you have this explosion. Huge, yeah, explosion of growth <laughs> kind of all over the trunk and then you can kind of pick, okay, I'm going to keep this branch or, you know, um, you can kind of do that. And sometimes if I have a tree that I want to branch in a specific spot, I'll defoliate and then I'll just pump it with fertilizer and then it'll kind of, it'll pop everywhere. And then, you know, I can, sometimes it'll, it'll pop in a, in a right area. And I'm like, okay, I can, I can do that. I've done that before and it's, it's worked, but that's a, um, that's an interesting little trick. Okay. I've never heard defoliate a port carrier. And in what world would I've ever thought I would hear that? Defoliate it and then pump it full of fertilizer. That just sounds it sounds crazy. Because <laughs> the some people ask me, like, how do those ports grow so fast like the ones we have at our nursery? And I'm just ever since I've kind of like when I've looked at your 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 uh, page on Instagram, I was like, Okay, well I'm not fertilizing enough because you because you had stated fertilize, fertilize, fertilize. Yeah. And I mean, that kind of uh, planted in straight fertilizer. I don't know if it was a joke. It was on Ben's uh, on a port study group. I don't know if uh -huh. you somebody put one straight in straight fertilizer. They used the fertilizer for the soil. They're like, you can't uh, over fertilize these. I don't uh, know if it was a joke or not. So somebody was take, took like a bag of Osmocote and just. Yeah, and they planted, <laughs> they planted the tree in the in the fertilizer. Well, that will definitely burn the piss out of the roots. I know. Yeah, I actually I found the limit of fertilizer, and it was through Osmocote. Um, I had a bag of, uh, of Osmocote that I had left out, and had a rain, 
And uh, that was only a, a little bit at the bottom. Um, but water had filled up the bag of, of Osmocote. And so I looked in there and it was filled up, but the water was just like, just yellow. And I'm like, I wonder, I wonder how the tree will, will like that. So I had a tree that I did, you know, it was kind of, I mean, it was growing, but I'm like, let me, let me test it. I mean, if I killed it, then it wasn't a big deal. I don't think, cause it was like, it didn't look too good anyway. Uh, I was like, let me, let me isolate that. Let me pour that water, that Osmocote water. Uh, yeah, man, it, it totally shocked the hell out of there. It, it, I gave it an OD cause it, it dropped all its leaves and it just started shriveling up. I'm like, okay, I killed it. <laughs> so, that's but, that's the limit. <laughs> yeah, that was the limit, but because it was just, um, yeah, it was pretty pretty strong. But you know, I've never I've never had an issue. Um, I did have one issue with um, with putting too much um, fertilizer with Osmocote. Um, but most of the time, they all I mean, all they do is they just they grow faster. Uh, the one exception where where um i actually killed a tree that i've i had for a long time um it was it was actually really root bound and i think i it was like maybe six seven years had gone by and i hadn't repotted it and it was really root bound and i knew it was i just i don't know i just never you know i never did anything with it i just left it in that pot i'm like yeah i need to i need to repot it well i defoliated that tree because it was kind of growing a little scraggly and i should have picked up on the signs that it was telling me that it needed to be repotted. Um, and so I defoliated it and it still didn't, it was like the leaves were coming out really slow and I'm like, what the hell's going on? Mm. So then I'm like, let me just add a bunch of fertilizer, Osmocote. And then I did. And then of course, and it just dropped all the leaves I had. And then I pulled it up and it, it was, it, I had burned the roots. Um, yeah. And then it started developing root rot. But the cool thing was, um, it had just started to come up from the base, so I cut it, and you could see where the rot was kind of, you know, had seeped up. But yeah. I kept cutting, and I found a spot where it was still, it was still pretty green. So I was able to take off those branches and then plant those and root those. So I mean, I was able to turn that tree and into, into a, couple. a couple of trees. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, Basically, with fertilizer and stuff, and we're talking Osmocote is straight synthetic fertilizers. Um, and is that that's kind of what you just kind of run with? Do you ever try or like organics on your ports, or is it just synthetic for you? You know, I, I mean, it's kind of I'm one of those people that just I mean, if something works for me and it works well, I'm just I'm I'm just gonna stick with it. Mm. Um, and so that's pretty much what I've done is just. I mean, Osmocote and uh, Liquid Miracle Grow. Okay. Know, there's a lot. There's a lot of different slow release fertilizers I've tried, but I'm like, you know, those are the ones that work. I mean, for me, they work the best. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I'm just gonna keep on with keep on with those. Um, the Bones I Supply uh, sent me some of their fertilizer, and I and I like it um, because it's um, it actually dissolves pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And uh, like it's, it's far, it's it's for, like Osmocote, it holds up for a little while, and you can see the little round uh, yellow balls in there, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, whereas the other fertilizer, you said it dissolves into the fertilizer, I mean, into the soil quicker than that, even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Because I have to, I literally have to remove some of the old, you know, Osmocote. What it'll, it'll break down, and then it's basically you're left with little shells of the little balls yeah 
So then and, I'll remove it. I try to remove it like maybe once or twice a month and then apply new Osmocote. Okay. So like that coating is the fertilizer, which is a lot of what a lot of people don't realize. And there's like this kind of like weird gel kind of ball in the inside of it. And if you pop yeah. that, I'm not really sure if that's more or not. I think it's supposed to be like an ending kind of little mix of fertilizer in it. Or maybe it's absorbed enough water. I don't know. Uh, Osmocote's always been kind of an odd fertilizer to me. And it's also not ex- the prettiest looking thing on your soil surface. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, like you said, it works for you. And I'm I'm, and I'm and wondering, like, I might run a, a, a batch of Portulacaria with just pure organic cakes on it. See how mm-hmm. that works. Um, yeah. From my experience... Using organics gives you super dark leaves. Uh, I've got a I've got a crepe myrtle that I've used. I'm using pure organics on now, and its leaves are so dark. It's like it's on it's on real. Like the trees never look like that. So I'm just wondering, like because of so much potash in it, I guess is what it is. It would make mm-hmm. it just super dark. Um, and I'm I think that same thing would probably happen in the ports, but probably from not that high of a kick of nitrogen, probably wouldn't encourage them to grow like Osmocote would. That's right. that's that's my guess. So I, I think that's my my thesis going forward with it, and then I can go and give it a shot. But uh, yeah, uh, would you would you do a, like a little side thing for it? Just take a few trees and just or, do organics, or is that not in your interest with it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I mean, I'm I'm always I'm always trying new things and and just kind of seeing what you know, seeing what works and what doesn't work. And yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, yeah, if you if you do it, just I, I guess I'll either look out for it or you just let me know. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, I'll run yeah. my own thing here. Uh, but something I know that is probably kind of itching a few people to know about, or or something that I've talked to with you in the past is uh, is the cork bark portulacarias. Um, you said that your your OG one, the Godfather, is a cork bark. Yeah. But tell me about. Oh, you, you got him. Uh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm closing my blinds in my office here. Okay. I thought you yeah. had to just sit on the side. You're no, like, no, no, no. I have another one, but, but, uh, no, oh. not that one. <laughs> there is one. Okay. Uh, so we're working on that one. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, um, you know, bark barks are, they're pretty interesting. And it's interesting how, you know, so many people want them and they want them because, you know, oh, gotta have a cork bark. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, they're super rare. And, um it's it's, okay so let me kind of back up here my first one of course was when i bought it it was very gnarly the trunk was really gnarly uh a lot of my trees like i said have come most of them have come from that some of them look more cork barky some of them don't what i have found is of course looking at um uh, frank yee in california Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he he grows those, and what he does is he he puts them uh, there in like full sun. He only waters like maybe once a week, so he doesn't water very often. And being that they are in full sun, and I've again running my little experiments, the ones that I have put out in full sun and kind of hold back on watering, the bark gets really corky, mm-hmm. uh, especially you know the the the, yeah, the cork barks. But then there's the, the ones that I are watering all the time and they're in the partial, you know, get the morning sunlight. Um, they're just, they've kind of smoothed out and you can kind of tell that they are a cork bark, but I think what's happening is, happening is, is the water is playing a, a huge role in that, you know, yeah. because how, when you water it, I mean, yeah, the water's kind of going up into there and it's, 
um, they, their, their trunks are. Issues. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it is. Um, you know, there are some where, I don't know, I, I just, I, there's so much I don't understand about it because, like I said, I have some cork barks that I've taken cuttings from, direct cuttings that were from a real corky tree. They had them, I stuck them in, in soil and they're smooth, you know, mm-hmm. and, and they don't, they're, they're not, I don't know. So there's something that's kind of off about them that's something not. Yeah, something to do about the, the rootstock, maybe? I don't, no. maybe. There's something that's not consistent about how, how they're growing. Um, because there's there's like I said there's some that are more that are real quirky there's some that aren't um, I, I just I feel like sunlight how much sun they get um, and how much water they get kind of plays a role in that mm-hmm. I mean so are you a believer in the cork bark portrait carry then I guess that's kind of um, to me it's not it, it's not about it's not about what the how gnarly your trunk is because I've seen and I know you've seen mm. cork barks that are oh man they got this great trunk but the branching looks like crap you know it's just the it's just a mess and it's like it's not about I don't know for me it's more about how you st- how the tree is styled than what the what the trunk looks like you know yeah and to some people that do bonsai and especially I've seen it when people get first get into it they're looking at that that root and trunk stock because they they more than likely have heard that like you have to build a good tree and you can only build a good tree off of a good nabari and a good takagari or trunk line, um in order to to do that and i mean like when you look at the cork barks like you said there's a cool looking like nice chunky looking uh trunk going on there with this bark that's all rippled and you know it's got i don't know if i would describe it as craggy it's kind of it looks more wrinkly to me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just, and I feel like, like I'm on the speculative side, and you're on the, you're on the observation. Like you've grown them and you've experienced it too. So, I just, I just wanted to sort it out for myself because I don't think I want to invest in a cutting for a cork bark elm after what I've seen so far. You know. Yeah. Yeah. If you go look at the ones that survive the freeze. Mm-hmm. They all look like that. They look like cork bark because they look like stressed, wrinkled, damaged yeah. tissue. Today bark. I pulled, I pulled mm-hmm. the one of them off, and it was smooth. It was like calloused underneath the bark. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how like a desert rose kind of like has damage kinda, and effect. Yeah, kind of. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think desert rose and Portugal carry because they're from the same range. They're they're both South African trees, um, and so when desert rose subsets to uh, like trauma and damage to its root system it kind of does the same thing it doesn't get all like that cork bark look to it it starts struggling a lot of times it's it's rotten underneath yeah which you gotta and another thing that kind of happens with trees that have like a corky bark um and i was talking to uh to dana uh about this dana quadabom he's got a really really old uh cork bark elm uh chinese elm that he got a long time ago and he's like man if you overwater the the trunk, not the tr- not the soil, of course, but if you overwater the trunk and you start growing moss in there, the moss pushes that bark off of there. And I'm wondering if that's something too. If it is a true cork, corky bark type thing for these trees, if they stay too wet, if that moisture, mildew, moss, or whatever has kind of pushed it off or made it fall away, um, I don't know if that's something you've seen too, or is it just expand out? I mean, it doesn't flake off like like bark like on a pine tree, does it? 
Um, I mean, it 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 kind of does. I mean, it it does like it does flake off, but it's. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's crazy because the when I, the the very first, like I said, my first one that I got. I mean, it was very gnarly, and I was like, do I take this off? Is it just you know? I didn't know anything, so I like pulled off a few pieces. And I'm like, man, it's pretty. I mean, it's it's pretty rough, and there were big chunks coming off, and um, but. I don't know. It's not. I mean, I don't. I don't really. You know, people ask me. You know, do you have any cork barks for sale? And there was one guy, and it's kind of crazy because I'm very, especially now, if I sell any any older trees, I mean, I'm very particular in who I sell them to because I had this one guy that's like, oh, I want, I, I want that tree. You know, I'll pay, you know, I'll pay you this much. And then he, what he does is he would buy him, and then. Uh, I remember some another friend of mine said, "Hey, isn't this your tree?" And he would try to resell them. Yeah. Know, he was basically, yeah, he was buying my trees and trying to resell them for more. And, Trade you up. Know, I, uh, you know, and then he then he tried again. He's like, "Hey, uh, I really want another one." And he's like, I had a lot of health problems, and so I, I had to sell them. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm just like, no, I don't have, I, I don't really have any that I'm willing to sell anymore. Uh, so I'm just, I'm kind of particular about that but he was always like all he wanted were, were the cork barks and uh yeah. i mean i sold him some nice nice cork bark trees but i would you know the ones you know if they if their trunk looked kind of gnarly then i would purposely like let me give it more sunlight or mm. you know let me let me not water it as much and, and just to kind of you know feed into that yeah it's a shame that that guy got you like that on those those trees and i mean like it takes it takes away the spirit of bonsai when you kind of have that kind of thing happen, and I and I feel like he was just like he was like monopolizing on the the cork bark because of how because yeah. there was a spark in popularity. I don't know when it happened. Uh, I think it was like last year. I really started noticing people, especially on those forums like the on, online Facebook or the uh, bonsai bark or wherever else they might talk about portrait is that there was just a sudden interest in in cork barks, and they're all over the yeah. place. Yeah. I don't know if it's fizzling, but it, it's become a thing recently. So that's a shame that guy, I mean, he was probably just capitalizing on that, <laughs> on that interest, that bumping interest. Yeah. yeah. So. And, and, and it's, and that's, and then it's kind of sad too, because, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not, when I sell my trees, I'm not selling them to, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to run a, a business. I'm just, I'm selling them because people, are, you know, I want to share, you know, and if like, hmm. if I've enjoyed the tree and, someone really wants it you know they don't have it they don't have one like that or you know because in the beginning i always wanted you know i go to the club and where i go to some of the club members houses and i'm like where the hell did you get all these trees and they're nice old trees and you know i wanted something finished and i didn't have anything finished when i started so it's like yeah i you know if you really follow what i if you do what i tell you to do don't <laughs> bring it inside don't you know yeah. keep it you know uh, follow the rules that, that I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you and, and so I mean that's kind of why I sell I, I want to share you know I want I want to spread the love of you know nature and loving our and, planet and, you know through through bonsai and you can tell and, and this is when I'm at the nursery I can tell and you can tell obviously you you sound very much how I feel about bonsai when it comes to this like running the business versus what it really should be about and you can tell when the look in someone's eyes when they don't just want it. They like they want to do it. They want to understand yeah, yeah. it. They want to get into it, and that's that's the best type of interaction. And then yeah, like you said, you're more willing to sell that tree 
And you might even sell that tree less than you would have imagined at that moment too, which happens sometimes. <laughs> so. Yeah, dude, I, I I give I actually give away a lot of trees. I have people that come over. They're like, you know, I'm in I'm in Corpus, and you know, I want to, you know, are, is there any way I could see your your, you know, just kind of take a look at your trees? And I'm like, yeah. So they'll come over, and and I'm like, you know, and you know, they're they're interested. They want to buy one. I'm like, you know what? You know, let me, I'll give you this one, you know, just, I want you to, to get started in it. And, you know, as you make cuttings and you develop a tree, then you give it to someone. And so it's pretty awesome because I have a lot of friends that uh, locally that I've kind of helped get into and into it. And, and they've just expanded on their collection and, and then they give other people trees and, uh, and then it's kind of, it's kind of cool too, because I have like, you know, I have other friends that are they'll come over and they're like hey man or they'll text me hey i got i got 60 bucks you know can i come by and you know just put something aside that i can have for 60 and i'm like yeah sure and i'm like sounds like i'm a drug dealer or something like that. <laughs> you know but, got the good what can, I get, what can i get for 60 and i'm like okay i got, I got you man i got you <laughs> i'll say people uh man you got any trees for sale can i you got something you did i'm like nah man but they come and i'll give them a tree yeah you know what yeah. i mean yeah, I like to spread the joy, like you say, and like that's yeah. the best things about it. And I mean, I say this time and time again, man. It's like I do bonsai because it's originally like Japanese culture-wise is a community effort. Like the oldest bonsai are passed down from generations, and also like it's there's a magical moment when the boys get together and talk about bonsai. You're like you're barbecuing and you're not watching football. You're, you're, you're talking about bonsai trees, you know, <laughs> there's, there's this, I feel like there's this new era of American bonsai coming up where that's more of a thing. And that, and that is an interesting thing. I've been hearing that this is like a shift in interest as far as bonsai. And it, I like, I like where it's going and hearing that you're spreading the love and you're not just the only one that's got these collections. Now you're kind of spreading it around and now you're kind of building like a little, little family of bonsai especially in portugal caria uh because of just how versatile they are you know um so yeah for sure yeah and and, and, and man i'm telling you i i think also what turned me on or turned me off a few times in the beginning was you know i would ask i would message you know some of these bigger bonsai artists and they wouldn't reply to me they wouldn't answer and it was like man, mm. i just had a quite i just had a question you know and it just there's you know, there was a, I experienced that, you know, there was a lot of snobbiness because I was a beginner and that's why, like, I'm telling you, my YouTube channel, my page, that's kind of what it's turned into to where I want to, I want to answer every question. And dude, I get like 15 to 20 messages every, every day with questions and, you know, can you recommend, you know, what do I do to this tree? And I mean, it's crazy because it's all over the world. I mean, I'm getting, you know, everywhere. India, I mean, UK, Australia, mm-hmm. I mean, and I get all these messages and I want to, man, I want to help everybody. And I do, I try, I tried my best, you know, that's kind of my, my focus is let me focus on, on, you know, on the beginners, the people that are just starting out. Whereas a lot of the bigger bones artists, it's like, no, I'm just, you know, we're just working on the advanced stuff. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's also why my Instagram page has grown a lot because because I am catering to the beginners, you know? Yeah. And and I like the beginning of that perspective that you just gave is don't be that guy. Don't don't be the one that 
your inbox, your inbox has a few messages in it, and you're like, I'm not going to answer that. That that's not worth my time. Don't yeah. be that guy. You know, it that doesn't help anyone, like you said. And the more interaction, I mean, that's that's like I like that's why I started started doing this because I was sitting in my backyard saying to myself, Am I the only dude in my town that cares about this about bonsai trees? And then you get out there on that global level, like you said, and you find out a lot of people lo- like love bonsai, not just interested, but there's people that have been doing it for years that otherwise wouldn't have said it and had the confidence to admit that they do bonsai. I mean, I've met quite a few people that have been doing it for a while. I mean, Mark's been dabbling in it for a while and I didn't know he existed and he lives like less than an hour away from me. And we, you know, we jive on bonsai stuff all the time now. And it just took getting into the, into the culture around here and understanding it. And then, yeah, like getting online and, now knowing that across the globe, even people reach out and ask questions and you want to answer that the best your, to your best of your ability. And, and thank God that there's like Google Translator so we can talk to even more people than you would think, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and then uh, like for this podcast, too, you're like, oh, yeah, people in uh, the UK and like in Australia. I was looking the other day. We got listeners in those in those parts, you know, like. So it is on a global scale and everyone's looking for a little bit of something like I listen to guys that are in the UK. I love bonsai in the UK. I think their styles and their stuff are great. And then I look into Australia because Australia's got a little bonsai world that's become really rich recently, too. And they they have a podcast and YouTube videos and all that kind of stuff. And on this global scale, we're actually starting to realize how big our community is and how we're starting to influence each other, you know, Um, because I know they don't. They don't style bonsai the same way we do in in Australia, you know. Yeah. Uh, and even the Portugal carry with the what I consider to be the South African styles, um, which is way different from the traditional forms. It's more they call it a naturalistic style, but I think it's more that Pernif uh, style, like that almost like a flat top, like a Brazilian rain tree. But because Portugal carry is yeah. so more rounded, I think that's that's and see those are things we're just I'm just seeing from different people growing different things in different parts of the world too. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a great thing to see that diversity, man. And you, and you having been part of it, I mean. Yeah, no, it's, dude, it, I'm telling you, I, I get so excited. I'm always telling my wife about it. Like she's like, you know, we're in bed at night. And that's usually when I start answering a lot of questions. Um, she's like, who are you talking to? I was like, Oh, this, um, uh, there's a, a couple people from Iran right now. And she's like, Iran? And I'm like, yeah. I mean, and they're so cool because they have, they love it. They grow crazy over there. My hmm. YouTube channel, uh, the United States is number one, but number two is India. I mean, I have a ton of Indian friends the, you know, that are just, we go back and forth and we're sh- sharing ideas and things. And uh, But it, it's so cool. But yeah, I mean, the styles, you know, they can, you, you can train them in almost any kind of style. But a lot of times where I see I see some bonsai artists that, you know, they – well, with Port Lacaria, it's not really about how you style the tree. It's how you maintain the tree, you know, mm-hmm. because you could style them, right? You wire them. Everybody loves to have that big wow effect where you yeah. have a tree before and then you, then you wire them. You defoliate part of it and then you have this great tree, but then – Three months later, it just looks like crap, you know. So it's because they grow so fast. It's more about, yeah. It's it's it, to me it's, the art is is the art of maintaining. The, the art of 
consistency. It's a little bit more of a demanding species as far as being consistent. Like not a not a monthly or a bi-monthly like prune or checkup on your tree. I mean, I take my ports and I turn them up so I can see underneath them into the trunk and see Mm -hmm. where the branches are doing because like you said, it gets so dense so fast. Yeah. And you lose sight of your branching so much quicker with these little trees. And then if you left your see, I had a guy come into the nursery today and was actually he's actually his first tree is a portulacaria. And he was telling me about it, how he's he's pruning and stuff. And he was asking me about the the thing where you gave me that care guide. And I was like, look how Gilbert has this laid out. It The shoot comes up and you cut it at the node. Mm-hmm. You cut it at where the leaves are and you get that alternate that uh, not to alternate the uh, the opposing leaves come out the new shoots come out of the opposing auxiliary buds which is that's how a lot of other evergreen plants function like japanese boxwoods are the same way uh and so then you're left behind with those two leaves that were originally there at that cut and i was like you remove those and he was like why do you do that i was like energy balance and also getting there and getting in there and getting your twigging and seeing how that builds because if you leave those leaves on there from my experience those leaves can suck energy away from your shoots that are emerging. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's how you see it too. That's your, yeah. your method. Yeah, I mean, and, and not only that, but usually by, by, I mean, I'll, I'll do it to an extent, but usually it's when you're starting, it's, it's more of when you're starting the branch because, you know, those, those bottom leaves, those first pair of leaves are, are much bigger than the other ones. So it's like, you're trying to do leaf reduction. And so it's kind of, yeah, removing, removing those uh, but yeah they're kind of just wasted because those are the ones that when a tree gets stressed the all the inner leaves are the ones that that drop first that the tree gets rid of because it doesn't need them yeah and i was telling them too is like also i see it as in a way is like when you take the fruit off of a fruit tree you reduce the the number of fruits on a fruit tree to encourage the remaining fruits to become the stronger pieces and get and get bigger and juicier fruits it's kind of the same thing with leaves like Remove the leaves that are bigger and taking up all the energy because you you want the smaller ones to come out and they that energy will be distributed across those two new shoots in that bifurcation. So instead of having a larger leaf taking that energy, now you have four new leaves and it's yeah. like splitting cells, you know, over and over again. And when yeah. you get that energy right and you split that and you get that and you get that bifurcation over and over and you get to the end of that twigginess because that's another thing too is like cutting back like two closer than you would assume to come back out again to get and you can get taper in portia branching as well i've seen it it looks it looks really good like a like that that defoliated portia that mark showed me it looked like a deciduous tree it's insane what you can really get out of these little guys so yeah um but yeah that that's that's an excellent way to go about it um but i i do have a few uh i do a few listeners questions that i had somebody send me earlier we can drop in here but you have any other remarks on on anything like about the the i know we started with the corks and then we got way around to another area uh is there anything to say about them yeah man the my new favorite is the lily puts um that's you know what that was my that was my listener question (laughs) okay uh there was somebody that purchased one from you recently Okay. And, and came to my shop and said, I got something for you to see. And he showed me, and he's like, I'm going to give you some cut. And it came from you. That, okay. So you went ahead and just beat me to the chase. So tell tell me about the living <laughs> foot. Dude, I was at, uh, last year, I was at um, 
Home Depot and, you know, I was go walk in the plant section and I saw, I saw one. At first I was like, is that even a portable carrier? And I picked it up. What the hell are these leaves? Like it just looked completely different. Pointy leaves. Uh, they were closer together. They were a lot smaller. Looked it up and it said lily put. Then I started, man, I came home, I bought it. There was, it was only one. I bought it. I started looking it up and it was just discovered or uh, like 2017 uh, from a nursery in California. Okay. And it, it to me, it's the most consistent out of um, out of all of the portal areas. I mean, a variegated, you can apply a lot of fertilizer and you can revert a variegated portal carry back to a solid green, and you oh. won't even you won't even be able to tell. Uh, hmm. I have one tree that I have like that, it kind of as an example because I, I would fertilize it and it started off as completely variegated, fertilized it, and now it's solid green. I stopped fertilizing and it has a new shoot out that's completely variegated. So, hmm. you know, fertilizer, you can, you know, there's a, there's a species, I mean, a cultivar of portlicaria that has these real light yellow leaves. Well, if you, I, I don't know the, I can't remember the name, but if you fertilize it heavy, it, it again, it turns to a solid green. The lily put, I mean, it's the more you trim it, the smaller the leaves get, and and they're like, I mean, the one I have, I managed to brought it in. Um, the leaves are, I mean, they're like micro. I mean, they're super, super tiny. We'd be interested in seeing if you want to go get it. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can, I can run real quick. Yeah, can you give me we'll a few wait. Okay. Yeah, we can cut this out of the, uh, out of the actual recording. So I, I guess get the fertilizer. My variegated pipes. Mm-hmm. Variegated Benjamin. Because that can yeah, happen sometimes. Yeah. Oh, I did not Anything know that. Nitrogen. Uh, I don't fertilize that. That big variegated one there. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I'm scared of it happening. I did not know that variegated. Anything I'm trying to think. Ah, uh, that makes sense because we have those variegated Chinese elms. That's a, that's kind of happening too. Um, they're getting a lot of nitrogen, and the new shoots that are emerging out of them are. They're like big, they're like big Chinese helm uh, growth. Fertilizing what? Bogaine. That bogaine. <laughs> the bogaine. I'm, I'm an advocate. Bogaine. The bogaine has such a goofy, has such a goofy name. Six, six, ten. Six, yeah. Low nitrogen. Potash? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I bought, I have a box of it in my car because I thought it was pretty cool. And I've seen it's mixed into other organics. Is uh, got some uh, bat guana. Yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah, that. That's a lot of uh, urea <laughs> nitrogen. Oh, look at that thing! That that's awesome. I can see it already. Yeah. Yeah. So that's incredible. I mean, okay, let's see here. Let me bring this other one over here just for comparison. So that's a regular portrait yeah. here. Regular and <laughs> but look how look how how compact. I mean, it just—they're—they're they're tiny. I mean, it kind of reminds me of a of a Kingsville boxwood, you know? Yeah, yeah, like it uh, just—it's tight. There's and there's hardly any branch space for the between the internodes, huh? No, no, and you can—I mean—and but what's awesome about it? Let me move this one back. And this one—I mean, this one does have small leaves. Um, yeah, gets that. I've been working on it, but this is insane. Yeah. Um. What's what's also cool about it, and the reason I'm, I mean, I'm so hyped about it, is of course the size <laughs> <I would do. laughs> of 
size of the leaves are tiny. It grows. I mean, to me, I feel like it go it grows twice as fast as the regular. Mm-hmm. I fertilize them, and they just I mean, and they grow upward. Whereas, mm-hmm. like the pers- the prostrata, you know, those have small leaves, but those are kind of trailers. You know, they kind of grow down. Where these grow upwards, but they they have um, little pointy little pointy leaves like at the tip. Mm-hmm. So they're like they're like little elf ears. They're um, not as ovate as a regular portulacaria. Right. So is this a different species of Portulacaria? I mean, it's a it's a um, a new cultivar. You know? New cultivar. So, it's yeah. so distinct; it almost feels like its own own because the Portulacaria afro is just Africa, just means of Africa. Right. And so I feel like this is something else. Like this is so much smaller, and like you said, it grows differently too. Yeah. Uh, it, it, well, they said it was it was a mutation off of a regular Portulacaria. That they, oh. had, they discovered it, and of course, for it to be a new cultivar, they'd have to take cuttings from that one, root those. The cuttings have to match the host plant, and then those cuttings have to, you know, you kind of have to have, um, you know, a trail of, uh, of I guess. It, I, I had the complicated about. question about. We found a we found a uh, crossbreed of Japanese maple that came from Oregon, and it's like this. It's got super tight inner nodes. It's got a super tiny leaf. And it does not function like a regular Japanese maple, and it grows on its own roots. It grows in the full sun. It doesn't mind heat and cold like a regular Japanese maple would be really sensitive to the really hot summers here. And this reminds me of that same thing, of this Portulacaria is like this mutation, or it's a crossbreed of some kind. I don't. There's not really anything for it to crossbreed, so it's just straight up a mutation. That's a Japanese maple you could grow even where you at in Corpus Christi. Yeah, the one I'm talking about. Yeah. I might have uh, to send you one if you I don't you know if you ever thought about growing Japanese maples before, but... You know, I tried, and that was one of the trees I bought when, you know, when I got started, and it just didn't, I mean, uh, nothing happened. It wouldn't even grow, and then I tried to remove the leaves, and then it just slowly started dying after that. Yeah, um, yeah we had the borderline, but uh, the, the ones he's talking about, you could probably get away with it. You could probably. I, I, I'll, I'll send you a sample, um, and I'll see what you can make of it, um, but for that Portulacaria, um, the, the viewers are not going to be able to see it, but, uh, it's that pot that, that it's in it. You, you're starting to make your own pots too. That's yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of my, one of my little pots. That's excellent. Um, do you have your own kiln or? No, I use a, um, there's a, uh, a pottery company in, um, San Antonio. It's like two hours from here. So okay. I, I bought the clay from them and then I, you know, made my pots, fired them over there and then I, oh, cool. I, applied an iron oxide wash and then mm. took them back to refire and yeah i mean it's it's a drive i mean it's it's not far like i said two hours from here it's not, not a big deal yeah hey, your little containers are excellent and and honestly you're playing around with more form and not so traditional um and i can see yeah. that um it works good with the, uh, the species though yeah portugal carrier is known for in their native range like growing out the sides of rocks like that's just that's just where they they come out of sometimes sometimes they'll yeah, have yeah. enough dirt for them to do that and this reminds me of that and so yeah. you're utilizing the the ceramic in a in a pretty in a pretty good way for it and uh, you had that one ceramic you made it was a it was a sucking like plant but you called it the elephant because it had a, a portion that yeah. hung down out of it so yeah, yeah. yeah the play the the playfulness of it is is I think this is what we should be looking at you know like because like all all species of bonsai like 
that people are using for bonsai more like there's not species of that i don't want to get anybody confused or yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but uh utilizing species in different ways i've I've talked to people about Portulacaria, and I've even had people kind of laugh about it, like laugh it off. They're like, oh, that's not a real tree, or that can't be fine bonsai. Because it sometimes they don't have to be. They they have to be fun, you know, because Portulacaria, to me, their their leaves, they they have that different look. Like, they don't look like a broadleaf or, or a conifer. You know, they're their own thing, and they should have their own category of how they're done and how they're approached. And this is a good way to do it, in my opinion. Even like the making the the abstract more that's and that look that looks like something uh, I've seen other potter other other bonsai potters do this kind of thing. It's like a primitive kind of look, like a primitive. Yeah. Look. Well, and, and that's the thing. I mean, I, I like a, I, to me I like a more naturalistic type tree. Uh, a lot of my trees are traditional Japanese styles. You know, mm. a lot of them fall you know kind of fall in that category, and that's the way I train them. But then a lot of them are just I mean, I let the tree tell me what to do sometimes. And then, yeah, I mean, I'm totally, I know a lot of people don't take me seriously because, I mean, I don't know, my trees are, you know, I grow them for me. They're on the side of my house. I enjoy them. I'm not putting them in any, any shows or anything. I love photography. I love toy photography. So I'll do, you know, I'll put like my Star Wars figures and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I, and I do that. And it's just, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's just all about, it's all about having fun, you know. I mean, don't take don't take life so seriously, you know. I mean, yeah. you just kind of have to have fun with it. And I think um, that's and that's definitely the vibes of how we would want to talk about bonsai, especially here, where we're we're not we're not following the Japanese model to a T by any extent. But like you said, you still respect the Japanese forms yeah. because, oh, I mean, yeah. in all honesty, they gave us the art form, and so the rules really do help following first branch second branch back branch and then preceding branches that that sets you up but then like you said after that sometimes you just let the tree do its thing and you let mm-hmm. it play and it's it should be a playful thing with these portrait carriers which I, I i think that's the positivity that a lot of people need for for how how bonsai has moved from information it's like in this information age where you just can't get enough information about bonsai nowadays and you have all these other practitioners out there and I haven't heard a lot of them utter like, oh, don't take it so seriously. This is supposed to be fun. If somebody doesn't like to be in your garden and they don't like your trees, then you can tell them, get out of my garden, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. No. (laughs) But nobody's saying that because it's so prestigious, you know? There's a high art form of it. And then I think there should be the the area where people are still making great trees, but they're doing it on their own own time, you know, their own means. So that, you know, that's really good to hear hear you say that kind of stuff, man. Um, But I had one other... I had one other question that somebody had thrown at me earlier. He's also a fan of your work. Um, and I told him that we were talking today. He was like, oh, yeah, uh, throw this one in for Gilbert and let me know what he says. And it's and it's going to be a pretty straightforward question. Uh, with new cuttings, how long do you wait for the tree to establish itself before beginning to trim back new growth again? So I guess he's just kind of thinking about if I take a cutting, what is the period of time before you start treating it like a bonsai, I guess? Yeah, you know, that's very uh, it, yeah, I mean, it just really depends on, on you know, once it roots and, and how it grows. If you're trying to grow, you know, what's what's your – what do you want out of that tree? Do you want it to be a tall tree? You know, do you want it to be a cascade or be a mame, shohin? You know, it's it just depends on – you kind of have to have a 
general direction, you know, I mean, you want a big tree or a small tree? Well, if you want to train it small, then, you know, once it starts growing and it starts putting out new branches and then, you know, then you can, then you can kind of trim it and, and work on it. But, um, I know it's a pretty broad question. You're like, how big and how tall do you want it? And it's just like with a lot of other species of, of uh, that we use for, for bone size, like, do you want a big girthy trunk? Then you, you let it run for a long time. Um, yeah. So, and yeah, like, like uh, training could start right away. I mean, your tree could literally be less than an inch in diameter and you could still create a little tiny porch area. But yeah. I mean, they do, they do thicken up with time. So I think that's kind of along the means of what the question is. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, no, for sure. Um, yeah. You know, and, it, and, and as we're talking about cuttings, I mean, you know, most oh, yeah. of the time, Let's brush up on cuttings on Portuguese. That'd be like our last thing that we kind of go into and we have to yeah. wrap. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Tell us all about cuttings, Gilbert, how you do it. <laughs> well, I mean, I cut a branch off and I stick it in any kind of soil I have. I mean, sometimes I have, you know, buckets of old bonsai soil. Sometimes I have um, old, you know, a hanging basket that, the, you know, I had flowers in and the flowers died and it's just a thing of old of old soil in this in this hanging basket mm-hmm. i'll stick them i'll stick them in there i'll stick them in bonsai soil any soil. wait any soil yeah. and they'll root in, in anything really um a lot of times you know people say well you need to let it you have to let it harden off um for at least a, you know wait till the callus is over for about a week two yeah. weeks before you stick it in there i on my instagram story i did an experiment okay because I never do that. I stick them in right away and I water them right away because I water them along with my other trees. I've never, I've never lost a, a cutting like that. So mm-hmm. I did, a, I did an experiment on my story to where I took, I took two identical branch, two identical cuttings about maybe six, seven inches tall. Um, I let one of them callus over and I stuck the other one in, in bonsai soil and I watered that one right away while I let the other one dry out. Then I think it was like about a week and a half, maybe two weeks. I finally stuck that one in soil and then I watered them both. I had them side by side. And I think it was like a month or two later, um, (laughs) they both rooted, but the one that I had watered and stuck in right away was a lot more fuller because it got started earlier. Mm -hmm. So it's honestly, it's some people, it's not that serious. They root, I mean, they root in anything. You know, mm. some people root them in water, which I don't recommend because you want the roots, you want the roots to try and get gain strength in the soil, right? You want those bigger roots. Yeah. You stick them in water, it's just going to grow little fine feeder roots. It has all the water it needs, so the, the roots don't need to get nice, thick and, you know, and big. And so, and that was one know. of the years behind it, drying it up. It was like, it let it dry so it could look for water. Yeah, that's, but, that's one of my favorite things. Okay, so hearing that. It dries out because its its nature is to get, look for water. get grazed by an elephant, yeah. get the pieces knocked on the ground, and mm-hmm. wait for the next rain. Basically, is kind of what I'm thinking that means. So, as the assumption that this species that's just the way they grow, that's their habit, but obviously not. And what's what I've observed as well as I mean I, I'm running the nursery and I'm taking I'm clipping my portulacaria and then I'll leave cuttings out. And I'll leave them on the bench and I'll walk away and our overhead watering system kicks on and waters them for weeks and weeks and weeks. And they stay there for months and they never shrivel up. So they 
they have a capacity, and as long as they're getting hit or something, they can stay alive. Um, and so, yeah, like, yeah. their habit will lo- allow them to survive disconnected from the mother plant for a good good mean, good while, because that's survival. But for bonsai purposes, just like you said, stick it in something, and then it'll start rooting right away. Um, that, yeah. That's incredible. And, I mean, the size of the cutting, too, doesn't matter, unless we're talking, like, monster-sized port. It but I've taken an entire top of a tree, like a crown, that was like an inch and a half in thickness and stuck it, you know, and that kind of stuff works. So, yeah, and the important thing is you stick it in the soil, but you don't disturb it. You don't pick it up and pull it out to see if it rooted. Yeah. It's like you stick it and you, you don't touch it. You leave it alone. Um, so both both ways do it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with letting it dry out. I personally don't do that, um, mm-hmm. but I have done it and it still works. I just, you know, sometimes what happens is I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll cut it off, let me let it dry out, and then I forget about it or it gets knocked off the bench and I totally don't see it. It's like, oh, I should have just rooted it. So, I mean, I, I cut them right away, I stick them in soil, any kind of soil, they always root, mm-hmm. and yeah, this, they do good. This me to the next question. I had somebody ask me, okay, I've been, call, I've been following your recommendation to root all the things that I cut. What do I do when I have too many portulacarias? And I said, you've got too many portulacarias. Wait, so you took one plant home and you have too many now? But, I mean, that's a question. <laughs> How do you have too many? And for you, obviously, you've done stuff with them. So that's, you know, and so I, and I, I like your thing. Maybe give them away. So what what would you say to someone like that? I have too many portulacaria. <laughs> I mean, just uh, to me, I, I try to root as many things as I can. And I taught one of my good friends, Rodney, and I mean, same thing. I got him into it and he's been cutting them, rooting them and buying, you know, containers and just potting the soil. And uh, he, the other day I saw him the other day and he's like, dude, you need to come by. He's I think I have way too many trees now. He says, I just have containers of them he's like and i'm and all he does is he sticks them in and as they get long he just trims them so he just goes out there trimming them he's like i'm trimming everything everything's nice and dense he's i don't know what to do now yeah it gets to a point like you you have all these trees i guess now like you have chosen to do all these different styles and different techniques with them and see what they do i guess that's the best kind of answer it was like yeah don't just i mean some people just cut and grow some people, I mean, one of the first people that taught me and educated me about bonsai, he was a cut and grow guy. I went to his backyard. He loved, he saw the Karate Kid one time and then he carried it with him for like 30 years and he just cut and grew junipers. He didn't, he hated wiring them. And I mean, some people just, that's as far as they get. So, uh, so I mean, like with the Portugal carry, I mean, we can do a lot with them and especially with, with wiring, you get a lot, um, and I've been told by some other people, it's like, oh, man, why would you even bother wiring that? I mean, they, they take the wire pretty easy, but, you know, that's a whole other conversation. And for the sake of time, uh, I, I was even telling somebody, I was like, man, when I talk when I talk to Gilbert, it's going to be like, we could probably do a couple episodes about, about yeah, Portuguese yeah. because of how great they are. You started it out by saying, I think Portuguese is like the best species that we could deal with. And it's your, your personal favorite, obviously. But uh we're gonna uh, we're gonna gonna kind of cut it off a little bit here, but you know, um, I just just so people would know, what's what's a good way to? I mean, you've already got a lot of followers out there and a lot of people, but uh, from our for our listeners and as as this game's you know as people listen to this later on, how can people find you and kind of just fill people in, kind of do your little plug? So 
Uh, yeah, I mean, my my YouTube is kind of like I said, it's kind of rapidly turning into you know suggestions. People asking, you need to make a video on this. Can you make a video on that? So mm -hmm. it's little little J Bonsai on on uh, on YouTube. My Instagram is little J Bonsai. Uh, my website is littlejbonsai.com, and it's a work in progress, but the site is going to be it's evolving and i'm working on a frequently asked question it's going to be a resource page for people that have questions um, there you, go. you know okay. so you know why is my tree dropping leaves why is you know all kinds of questions everything related to it so i'm going to have a frequently asked questions on there um and yeah that's 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 working up we're working on that and uh and i am slowly but surely in the next i don't know Five years, maybe. Hopefully, I will finish my book. I'm actually writing a book on Port Lucaria. Excellent, excellent. That's that's something that I really want to think about doing for the Bald Cypress. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but for you, that that is awesome, man. Uh, and I'm I'm glad you're thinking in that direction because I I think that this species definitely deserves a a insight and somebody who has a like definitely has a practiced hand to write that book. Um. So we don't want to get everybody too jazzed up about it i'm sure it's still like really really prim like still in the, the very beginnings like drafts and thinking about it so it's just a thought yeah yeah it, it, it's 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 down the line i have been working on it here and there um of course I'm, like right. i said i'm a designer and photographer so i can i'm doing everything <laughs> yeah so you could yeah for your for this book that you're talking about you could you could take all the photography include all the trees you have way more than enough trees and yeah, that I think that's a really cool thing. I, I like to hear that. But uh, but yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for talking to us, man. Uh, I, you know, maybe have to do this again. Talk about Portugal Carry a little bit more and make you uh like a, a guest that comes on every once in a while if you if you got the time. We hope you would. Yeah, no, no, for sure. I mean, like I said, there's there and there's so many there's so many little rabbit holes we can kind of go into and mm -hmm. um. You know, there's, of course, like I said, like even more advanced techniques and things that, that I feel like that I've, you know, I've tried to create myself, you know, mm. other than things that I've read, but, you know, some, yeah. some just, just some techniques and things like that. So, yeah, I don't know for sure. I would love to, man. And we could, we could consider this, this episode, uh, Portugal Cario 101 with Gilbert Cantu. Yeah, and then we can get back to it and we can do some advanced stuff later. I'll talk about some advanced, advanced techs and techniques and see what kind of reaction we get from it, but, and maybe you'll have some questions, but like you said, you've got a question section developing. So, but, uh, yeah, yeah. thanks for talking to us, man. And, yeah. Uh, sure. Thank you guys. <laughs>